0: You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Hi FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and here we're ten past one on the Farbringen show on Soul to Soul. And let's get right into it. I want to offer a thought today that might be a bit counterintuitive, but it's something that we could all think about, and. You could agree, disagree, and that's why the comments section is here for. Love to hear your thoughts. So the question I want to pose today is a simple one, and that is, is it hard to raise children? Is it hard to take a child from age zero to age 25 and turn them into a solid citizen of the world and a good, ethical human being. Let's do a different question. Question number two. Is it hard to be married? Is it hard to take another person from a different home and a different background, different worldviews in many, many instances, many different... Um, habits and interests and build a everlasting, healthy marriage with that person? Is it hard? And in today's day and age, I think we can expect that most people would say the answer is yes. It's hard. It's hard to raise a child. It's hard to be married. And therefore, so much intervention is done in helping us raise our children a lot of good organizations involved in helping people to raise their children and organizations helping people to build their marriages etc because the consensus is that this stuff is hard okay maybe it it, it probably is it's hard right but here's the question the question that that's all this leads to is when we start selling these basic things of life as hard, and for many, the word hard makes them feel that it's insurmountable, that it's a accomplishment they can't achieve. What does it do to people? Does it inspire them that they can or does it deflate them that they cannot? There are so many people walking around today convincing themselves that the philosophy of marriage is beyond them, that there's no way in the world that they can never have a happy marriage. And therefore, either they don't get married in the first place, they don't commit, or they struggle to make the marriage work because it's just, it's beyond me. There's so many people convinced that raising children is just impossible. It's for the few saints on this planet who know know exactly every technique and know how to raise a child from cradle to marriage, they're the ones that can do it, but most of us cannot. That philosophy is extremely dangerous, in my opinion. The philosophy that says that these things which are pretty much part of the human condition are the privy of the select few is a very disempowering thought. And I think I brought it up a while ago on the radio for me I I remember you know I I've, I've read quite a few books in my life about um parenting and marriage and often, when you open up the book about parenting, it starts saying, "If you scream at your kids, you're going to damage them. If you, if you ever have a disagreement with your wife that gets a little uh, tense, you're creating absolute anxiety in your children. If you, if you don't compliment your child for every single success they had, you're going to deflate their self-esteem, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And what happens with these books, which are all well-intentioned? They've, they're they very disempowering, because what they're pretty much telling me is that my kid is a fragile little piece of crystal, and I'm inevitably an imperfect person, because I'm a human being, and by definition, Mr. Imperfect or Mrs. Imperfect is going to damage Mr. Little Crystal, Crystal Jr., and it's going to be havoc. Now, yes, there are certain things that we should not do. There are things which are absolutely detrimental and and disastrous. But when every little mishap turns into a tragedy, in other words, when the book starts telling us that every little thing we're in a bad mood one day and we lose our temper and it destroys the home, or if we're a little anxious and it's going to destroy everything, when the human condition is no longer acceptable, and we expect perfection out of parents. Spouses, mentors, teachers—what kind of world are we are we trying to advocate for? It's a world that will never be. Please, God, when when the Mashiach comes and the redemption comes, it will. But in our world today, I think. Too many of us have taken life and created this ideal life of what it should look like. So today, to be a teacher, it's not enough for you to be passionate. It's not enough for you to be preparing good classes. You have to be preparing excellent classes, and your discipline has to be second to none, and you have to know this technique, and that, And it's all wonderful. It's all wonderful when we realize that that's not the make it or break it because when we start prefer- expecting perfection from our own marriage from our own parenting from our own, from the teaching from the society around us automatically we're setting ourselves up to be disappointed and we're setting ourselves up to live in a world where expectations are never met there are so many people today walking around thinking that raising children is an insurmountable challenge i beg to differ God does not give us a challenge we cannot overcome. Yes, all of us can use some guidance and all of us can use some perspective, but having so many people walking around thinking that they can never build a marriage and they can never raise a child and they can never be a contributing member of the society because they are not fitting the mold of self-help book number 648 is, in my opinion, a disaster. You know, I know we're still about 100 days away from the high holidays, so bringing it up at this stage of the year is a bit, uh, it, it might actually cause anxiety to some people. Oh my gosh, I have to get my Hash- my seats in the shul quickly because in a, less than 100 days is Rosh Hashanah. But one of the basic ideas of the new year, the Jewish new year, is the idea of repentance, the idea that we are imperfect, the idea that... Imperfection is okay as long as we're accountable for it and we try to do better. And we ask God that God slachlanu to forgive us, because we understand, we hope he, and we know he understands that as human beings we're imperfect, and yet we cannot give that same benefit of doubt to ourselves and each other. There's too much focus on perfection. And therefore, so many of us are either being afraid of even embarking on these amazing journeys of, let's say, marriage, parenthood, careers, etc., or we're in there, but we're feeling so inadequate because all we're told is how terrible we are. Pretty much every parenting course I go to, I walk out feeling that I'm destroying my kids. And I'd like to believe I'm a decent father. I'm not. I'm, I don't think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. But I think uh, I'm okay. But somehow, after an hour listening to the the speaker, and just hearing about how every little thing has to be perfect and this and this and this, I walked up feeling inadequate. And I remember when I was a teacher, every time you walk around to these teaching courses and they start telling you, if you don't do this technique and if you don't control the class in this way and if you allow the the, the lesson to go in this form rather than that form, it's going to destroy. And personally, uh, you might disagree with me, but I've walked out many of the courses feeling very disempowered. Not empowered, not saying, oh, gosh, guys, you're amazing. Well done for dedicating your life to this pursuit. Here's just a little technique. Take it or leave it. It might, it, might, it might make your life a little better. Or it's important, but in no way am I underestimating how amazing you guys are. Every genius that comes up with a new idea today in, in, in any area of life publishes a self-help book within, the, within two, uh, I don't know, six months, And pretty much that becomes the one thing you need in life. If you accept my idea, if you figure out, if you accept my idea about how to manage your money, you're going to become the world genius. If you accept my idea about how to build your marriage, you're going to have the best marriage in the world, etc., etc. People walking around convincing themselves that unless they get everything perfect – their life is almost not worth living, that their accomplishments are not accomplishments, that if they're not the best parent in the world, then they're they're the worst parent in the world. I think it's a terrible idea. It's a dangerous idea. How many people walking around today thinking that these basic elements of life are beyond them? There's no way I could be married. There's no way I could raise my child. Okay. So it's not that hard. Is it that easy? What are your thoughts? Before we continue, I'd like to go to a break. And sorry, I want to just read what it says over here. Hi, Rabbi. Would you be able to dedicate today's learning? Lili Nishmas Yitzchak Ben Herschel. Absolutely. Um, th- this show is dedicated in late memory. So what are your thoughts? Do you, th- do you think that making these areas of life seem impossible are good for us or bad for us? This is 101.9 Chai FM. The song we're going to be playing now is a song that hopefully will put a smile on your face. It's a song of feeling a little more positive in ourselves. It's called The Simcha Song by Miami Boys Choir here on Farbringen Show, 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to The Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. So is it so hard is really the question on 101.9 Chai FM. Rabbi Levi-Obson, Associate Rabbi Linksfield-Schull here on The Fabringian Show. And the simple question is, is life that hard? <laughs> like many people walking around today just feeling like life is a challenge that most of us can't actually get through. And I specifically want to talk about one area today. I mean, The past few minutes was a bit of an introduction. I want to focus on Zoom in on one area, and that is the area of raising our children, of parenting. So, th- blessed be God. A few weeks ago, my wife and I were blessed with our fifth child, and yeah, I, th- that was the reaction I got from most people. I said, <laughs> "Even though I I I don't see your reaction, but chances are, um, it's similar to many reactions I got." Your fifth child, and my answer usually is, um, "Sorry, but I'm the oldest of twelve, so we're only starting." which is uh, pretty much true. Um, please, God. I have 11 younger siblings. And then when they give me the look, I tell them, okay, but th- that's not as bad because my mom is one of 13. <laughs> and when I really have their attention, I, I finish off saying, and my dad is one of 15. And all I s- just told you right now is absolutely true. And the, the reaction I'm always getting is, are you kidding and reaction number 2 is how do you fit everybody into the into a wedding? Good question. And what's the what's the what's the assumption behind the question? Think about it. When someone tells you they're just having another their ninth child. So okay, so some people are worried about overpopulation a discussion for a different time. But many times the, the 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 gasp is coming and saying how in the world do you do it? How in the world are you raising nine kids? I'm barely surviving with two, or one, or three. How in the world do you do it? That's a good question. But it boils down to the question we started the show off, and that is the show off with, and that is, what do you think it takes to raise a child? I would argue that what many people think their children need is not actually what their children need. So many people walking around convincing themselves that their kids need X, Y, and Z in order to grow up to be contributing members of society. And therefore, they're running around like shmatis, like slaves, living a life that's totally unaffordable and stressing themselves out to the end point because nebuch the little Six-year-old needs this in order to grow up to be a decent person. Forgive me, dear parents. I think you're over-complicating parenting. I think that so many people out there are over-complicating the art of parenting. So let's give examples of overcomplication. So your wonderful six-year-old finishes school at one in the afternoon they're finishing, I don't know, preschool. And you decided that your kid is going to become a cricket player or a soccer player when they're younger, just because, you know, you've heard how, how well Jews do in sport. It's our number one uh, success story, right? Definitely not. Um, start naming me how many people in the Premier League are Jewish. But regardless, fine. Your kid's going to make it because your kid is absolutely talented and they have a leg like nobody else and they're going to turn into a soccer player. So you pick your kid up before you could even say boo. You rush them into the car because you're taking them to soccer practice. Poor little kid has, has barely, he's barely breathing from the morning because he's knocked out. He's only six, but there he's going running around to soccer practice. His five year old sister, on the other hand, um, she's going to become a ballet dancer. So the second she finishes school, straight to ballet every single day, because it's so important for her to grow up to be a ballet dancer. And therefore, I don't, I, I want to allow my children to use their potential. So therefore, I'm going to take my child to the moment they got out of school and pretty much put them in and uh, kind of occupy them Till six in the afternoon, and because I can't do it, so usually I'm going to hire an au pair, or if I'm not hiring a pair, grandma's going to do it, Um, or I'm going to do it because I'm the real martyr. I'm going to quit my job and do that the whole afternoon because that's what my mandate is, to pretty much allow my child to turn into the world's biggest success story that the world has ever seen. So I'm going to take my five-year-old and turn them into the champion of all champions. And one day, as he stands there winning the gold medal at the Olympics, he's going to say, thank you, mama. Thank you, daddy. Okay. Fantasy over. I mean, even if they do say that. Great. Is that really what parenting's all about? Is that what our kids need? Another example, I want my child to grow up to be a cultured human being of the world, so therefore, every year we're going to go take a holiday to uh, Europe, uh, and then on off we're going to go to the Far East, and we're going to get them to introduce to various cultures, which is all nice, definitely if you could afford it, be my guest, but... Nine out of ten people can't afford it, but they're stretching themselves and they're living to the they're living to the maxed credit card because my kid needs this. My kid needs to be driven to school in nothing less than a Lexus because otherwise Nebuch, poor kitty's gonna be embarrassed or she's gonna be embarrassed to show the friend. I know a person who told me that when they dropped their kids off in school, they were driving a Toyota or a Honda, one of those, you know. Lower class cars. I mean, I'm I'm very proud of my Honda. God bless me, but uh, and God bless Honda. But for some reason, this kid decided it's a lower class car. So, mom, please don't park near the school. Please park two, three hundred meters away and walk me to school because I don't want my friends to see that I show up to school in that car. Oh, shame, my poor little child. Of course, I'll do it for you. Really. Is that what our kids need? Do our kids need us running around and dancing around them like they're the, the that they're, sorry, a prince or princess that flew from heaven and we're just there to sit there at their beck and call like a a, a two day old baby and say, yes, honey. Oh, oh, you cried. Okay. What do you need? Do you need to be fed? Do you need to be changed? Do you need a bath? (laughs) I often, like, I just look around and I see parents like they're just standing around their kid, like the kid's a little piece of crystal and they're just trying to, to do everything right because that's what parenting entails and like i told a group of parents i said if i dealt with my kids that way i wouldn't even have one child because one child would be too overwhelming the way we're par- so many of us are parenting our kids it's a miracle that anybody has more than one child because it's impossible we we, we end up Losing our whole identity for the sake of the child. But is that what a child needs? Have we overcomplicated parenting? Because that's what the, I started the show off a few minutes ago. The question is are these are things that hard? Is it that hard to parent? I mean, for five, six thousand years, human beings have been raising their children. Some have been successful, some are not, but not a very high rate of success. In how many generations prior to us did our kids get even 5%? Did the kids get 5% of what our kids get today? And did they end up that bad? Did grandma and grandpa that grew up in a little town in Eastern Europe or in Morocco or God knows where, did they end up that bad? They, they grew up in a little dorp here in South Africa and they were running around on the bike. Was life that bad? Does your kid need to get the iPhone 10 the second it comes out in order to be happy? Do they need it? Do you have to stretch your finances to the nth degree to give your kids the life that they deserve? Sorry, they don't deserve that life. And I'll argue more, not only don't they deserve it, I think it's damaging them. They don't need it. Your kid doesn't need to be danced around. The fifth commandment. Of the Ten Commandments, many people walk around by the way saying that they they follow the Ten Commandments. So the fifth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother. Unfortunately, it seems that many people got confused. And they think it's honor thy son and thy daughter. So my child's allowed to abuse me as much as they like. They're allowed to scream at me and punch me and kick me and make absolute chaos especially in public places, because it's their right. It's self-expression. They have to let go of their emotions. But I'm not allowed to discipline my child because what do you mean? I might destroy their, their creativity, their self-expression. They need to release their emotions. <laughs> really? Really? Is that the way people were raised for 6,000 years? That parents worship their kids and, They allow the two-year-old to dictate everything. How often have I been in a conversation with somebody and they'll say, sorry, um, my two-year-old says we're going home? Now, yeah, once in a while, your kid's totally falling apart, take them home. But since when does your two-year-old start telling you when you go home? That's not their right. That's not even the right of your eight-year-old. Your eight-year-old could say, mom, dad, can we please go home? I don't know, let's say they're sitting at the... a wedding, or they're sitting at a bracha in Shul on Shabbos afternoon, they want to go home. And you literally see kids walk prancing over to their parents and tell them, Mom, we're going home. Oh yes, honey, let's run. Excuse me, who are you? And believe me, I have uh, utmost respect for children. I love children, and I I, I feel so blessed to have them, and I feel so blessed to have been a teacher of children. Children are awesome, but they're Small human beings who were given to parents with a mandate to raise them into mature, healthy adults. And that mandate is overcomplicated when we start thinking that, that it's our job to listen to them and to give them a world that is from the movies. Let them grow up in a Disney park kind of life. That's not what they need and at the risk of sounding way too simplistic i would argue that what do kids need on the average they need a few things they need love lots of it unconditional love they need basic discipline which means boundaries sense of right or wrong a home of values a home that's functional that 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 is not dysfunctional, it's functional, it works with a, um, a little encouragement to push them a little further, obviously not too too much because you can't live through your kids. Yeah. taking them to school, picking them up from school, giving them a little room to to develop their talents. you know if they, if they have a specific talent, there's nothing wrong with giving them a bit of extra mural for that. And then just having a nice home environment that they could just run around and play. Yeah, I know that, that, I know that it just sounded way too simplistic. Rabbi, it's much more complicated than that. Okay, maybe, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think our kids need that much. I don't think children need that much in order to grow up into happy, decent, contributing, Adults. They need basic stuff that don't cost that much money. Love doesn't cost anything. They need basic clothing. They don't have to dress like the Prince and Princess of England. They need to somehow just live in a functional home with basic transport to places, etc., but nothing crazy. Once in a while, a nice holiday. If you can afford it, it would be nice to pay, take on a hundred grand holiday. If you can't afford it, you could take a two grand holiday and pitch a tent somewhere. That's all. That's all. I believe that the reason why so many people are having so few kids is because they've overcomplicated child rearing. The reason why so many people are being scared away of marriage is because we overcomplicated marriage. These things are not that complicated. I think we have to demystify instead of making it more complex. With every book coming out and saying, "Oh, you think you figured out marriage? It's even more complicated than you thought." And you thought you figured out parenting? It's even more complicated than you thought. No, we've overcomplicated it in the Western world of the twenty first century. We've overcomplicated it. It's not that hard. What are your thoughts on 101.9 Chai FM? You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. I want to thank Anonymous for their good wishes. This is 101.9 Chai FM, um, the Farbringen show. Tuesdays 1 to 2 in the afternoon. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, and our email is air at chaifm.com. SMS is 34519. And tweet at Chai FM and WhatsApp at 061 That's 061 Okay. Good old Bubby and Zadie, Grandpa and Grandma. If you can meet them now, let's go jump back three generations. If you would meet them right now and ask them what they thought are the important things that people need in order to grow up, to be nice, mention, how different would their answer be to the answer that we're giving? I think it would be very different. In other words, I think that their answer would be very different to what society is saying now. I think about, you know, I, I mentioned I come from a very large family, and my parents both come from extremely large families, and I, I have an aunt with an extremely, extremely large family, God bless her, with 17 kids. And I look around, I, I have over 200 first cousins, and yes, there's the whole spectrum of of the human condition amongst them. I'm not saying everyone's a saint, I'm not saying everyone is crazy, Um but there's the full spectrum. By look around, most of them have grown up in relatively middle class homes. I'd imagine not more than 5% grew up in upper class, and quite a few of them grew up in maybe lower class. Like, in other words, social, um, financially, rather financially, uh, you know, a bit poor. And I look and I say, what have they lacked? Many of them grew up in large, big families. They shared bedrooms and they didn't have a bathroom ensuite. Did they lose that much? I don't think so. I don't. I, I, when I look at the kids. When I look at kids that grow up with a bedroom, with a bathroom on suite and this gorgeous little mansion around them and they're only driven in nothing less than a 250,000 rand car around town and they have 18 extra murals a week, I look at them and I say, are you growing up that much more awesome than most people I grew up with? Or people that grew up with, with, with none of this stuff? I don't think so. I, I, I really don't think so. What are your thoughts? Do you think that children that are that come home at 7:30 at night at the age of ten because the poor kid has slept around because he has to turn into the future chess champion of the planet. He has to turn she has to turn into the best ballet dancer. They have to turn into the best cricket players and squash and God knows what else. and piano players and violin players. Do you think those kids are that much happier? Is it normal for a 10-year-old to come home at 7.30 at night? I don't think so. A 10-year-old should come home when school's over, get to vent some emotions. Maybe that means banging a few walls in their bedroom because they have a lot of emotions to release. <laughs> Play on the floor, run around the garden, put on their rollerblades, put on their, go on their bike, sit and chat to mom, run around with dad, and then wind down, have a bath, eat dinner, and go to sleep. Why is that such a bad way of raising kids? Let me ask you a question. You know, if raising kids entailed the following, obviously I'm not talking about when there's exceptions. You know, often there's an exception, a child has a certain challenge and therefore becomes a much bigger issue. But let's talk about the average kid. If raising children meant... That you don't have to drive the fanciest car, you don't have to go on the fanciest holidays, and you don't have to live in the fanciest neighborhood. You live within your means. And you wake up in the morning, you give the child a wholesome, healthy breakfast. You don't have to run around town to get the most crazy breakfast in town. You give them a nice breakfast, you prepare them a decent snack, and you take them to school. You drop them off and you don't sit there um, stressing the whole morning about how they're doing. You trust that they'll figure it out. And as long as the, the teacher is not calling and saying they're a disaster, you you allow the child to um, figure things out in their own way. And you're not actually hyper a helicopter parenting on them. And then when it comes time to pick up, either you or somebody else it picks them up, drops them off at home. And at home, they have a bit of a schedule, of what they do but it's p- pretty light and it's relaxing. And then at the end of the day, family comes and sits together and eats dinner and everyone's, you know, enjoying each other's company. And then you, you have a bath and you go to sleep. And on weekends, you, you have a nice little braai and you have a nice Shabbos meal on Friday night. and you have a nice Shabbos meal on Shabbos afternoon and you read books to each other. And you once in a while, you even watch a video. How hard would it be? how hard would it be? Would so many people be walking around as if a 500 pound rock is on their shoulder? Oh, Rabbi, I really wish I could meet you, Rabbi, but like, I'm just so stressed. What are you so stressed about? Just like, I don't know, Rabbi, do you have kids? Do you know what it is? Tell me, I don't know. I mean, yes, once in a while, kids can be stressful, but let's not overcomplicate it. Gee, it's not that hard. And marriage, oh, Rabbi, do you, do you know what it means to be married? Oh my gosh, my husband, my wife, they're impossible. What exactly? Are you normal? Is she normal? Is he normal? How, why are things getting that complicated? Are you trying to both work on your, on, on being a mensch? Yes, so there could be a mishap, there could be a misunderstanding, there could be a bit of hurt, etc. Great, Fantastic. You'll work it out. But it almost feels like people are walking around convincing themselves that the art of parenting is exclusive to billionaires and people with 50 hands. And the art of marriage is is there for saints or people who are married to saints. You know, Rabbi, I'm the good one. But she, on the other hand, is impossible. You know, if I was married to somebody nicer, then obviously things would give me a break. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I'm not saying it's not that hard because um, I have the big answers. I don't think the answers are that big. I don't think any of us have the monopoly on the answers. They're basic common sense that have been passed from generation to generation for thousands of years. And your grandparents didn't end up that bad. Instead of us looking at our parents and saying, oh gosh, you guys were so messed up. I have to reinvent the art of parenting. No, 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 no. They were decent people on the most part. And they didn't give their kids 80% of what we're giving our kids. And they didn't complicate marriage. You know, it's so easy. People say, of course, our grandparents didn't get divorced. They didn't have another option. And I used to have that attitude as well. No, I think that they just realized that in order to make a happy marriage, it's not that complicated. And they didn't set the expectations of marriage to be blissful forever after. They realized they'll be once in a while challenging. And it was fine. No. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. Saucy burgers, flame-grilled steaks, tender grilled chicken, and the best succulent beef ribs in Joburg. Oh, I pronounced that word right. Next, Rabbi, this is a great program. Pity our community is so materialistic. I take my daughter to Jewish Day private school in a 1988 Nissan Sentra or Bucky. For the first three months of her school Life pupils commented, today, 12 years later, they don't even notice. Uh, regards, Mark. Sh- okay. Uh, sh- should read 12. 12- yeah. Okay. Next. Um, Hi, Rabbi. Take these spoiled people to a squatter camp in Kagiso or a homeless village, vi- vi- a homeless village for the displaced. That will give them some perspective. Cynthia. Yes. And instead of banging their wall, um, they can make ablution and meditate, bow, touch the ground, and neutralize with Hashem's earth, nature, shalom. Okay, thank you for all your comments. And pretty much it looks like most of the, all the comments agree that I think we've overcomplicated things. We have. We've overcomplicated how to raise our kids. We've turned it into an art that even those of us who have the means can't even accomplish it. The reason your great-grandparents were able to have eight kids in uh, Klugesdorp or Clarkstorp or Potschestrom or Vilna was because they realized that raising kids isn't that complicated. It's not that impossible. And therefore, they said, okay, we could do it. If we could do it for two, we could do it for eight. But today, no, 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 we can't. Oh, we, we, sorry, just like the amount of effort our kids take from us. Remember, the fifth commandment is they shall honor you, not you shall dance around them. There is no such commandment. It's the mandate of raising kids is to raise them to be ethical. As we say in the Shema every day, teach your children, raise them well, turn, the, teach them to be ethical and decent and contributing members. But in order to do that, we don't need m- that much money. We don't need that much chaos, and we don't need to occupy our entire afternoon and weekend chasing them to, uh, I don't know, to, to tennis matches. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, but I know you—you you, that many parents feel that spending the entire Sunday watching their kid playing tennis or table tennis or cricket is the greatest act of parenting. I'm sorry, I just, I don't think so. You could you could be upset about my opinion, but I, I really don't think so. I think it's actually um, almost pointless. Rather take half that time for yourself, and the other half of the time, read the book to them, play with them in the garden, communicate with them, look at them in the eyes, sh- tell them what you feel, spend quality time. That's it. Yeah, that's what Sunday looks like. Not spending eight hours screaming at them. Yeah, get the goal in. You can do it. I don't know. I don't think parenting means losing our voice. Definitely not screaming on the soccer field. What are your thoughts? would love to hear your thoughts. You could send them through, and hopefully they'll forward it to me after the show. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Chai FM. I want to finish off by wishing all of us lots of blessing and lots of luck in raising our children. And in our relationships and in every area of our life. And instead of overcomplicating life, let's start simplifying it because it really, really isn't such a big deal. Thank you so much. Shavua Tov. And please go. We'll be back next week on 101.9. Chai FM.